Hello and welcome to the She Reads Truth podcast, where we open our Bibles and talk about the beauty, goodness, and truth we find there. I'm your host, Amanda Bible-Williams. And I'm your other host, Rachel Myers. And today we are joined by the one and only Annie F. Downs, our friend and probably also yours. Annie is the host of the That Sounds Fun podcast and the author of many books, including one that is releasing in just three weeks. It's not too late to pre-order, which you guys know pre-ordering books is a very important part for an author. So her book is called That Sounds Fun. It releases February 2nd. So go get you a copy right now. Also, this is week two in our Faith and Practice series. Week one was with John Mark Comer. If you haven't listened to that yet, we highly encourage you to go back and listen to that episodes because it is going to tee up not just the series, but really it's going to tee us up for this year of reading scripture together. Y'all, this conversation with Annie was so good. We had a lot of questions and some answers, and it was really good just to get to wrestle with and be blessed by, encouraged, and instructed by scripture together with our friend, Annie F. Downs. Let's get to it. Annie. I am not going to lie. It's a little intimidating to have you as our guest because you are such a... Listen, we're friends. We've been friends for a very long time. A very long time. I'm not intimidated by you. (laughs) I'm intimidated... By my knowledge that you by are Annie F. such a good <laughs> podcast host. You're very sweet. You really Y'all are. are very good podcast hosts, too. Listen, I listen all the time. We're learning. You're Our training good. wheels are beginning to come off. And you've been on my show like 12 times or something. I know, something. which is why we know so how great times. you are. Yes, you're coming back soon to talk about Lent. Yes, ma'am. Yes, we are. It's Already. funny. We've recorded, the three of us, a great number of podcast so episodes together. Yes. But this is your first time yes. to have Annie F. Downs. <laughs> on the She Reads Truth podcast. It's we got her. about time. Fan to guest. I feel very lucky. I like it. Thank you. Well, and we just had a conversation on your podcast about Advent like a month ago. Yeah. And on that episode, we told you about our January plan. And I have been so excited about it. I mean, I am stoked about this one. It felt like an immediate, like, okay, now let's get Annie yes. on the pod, as, yes. as Annie says, and, yeah. and have you come talk with us. We're so glad you're here. I'm so happy. I love you guys. I love this topic. I love the she's. So perfect yeah. timing, perfect, perfect connection. And we know you love the she's because do you know how many times we get just a note or a comment or something that says, I first learned of you through ADF Downs podcast. And I love it. It's like, and many of them have cross-stitched. It's been, yes. it's yes. been a delight. The Venn diagram of the Annie F. Downs yes. fans. And the she's. And the she's. It's a good little crossover. Well, you know, one of the things that I feel really called to, it's kind of like our main, one of our main statements at the office is that we build a bridge. Yeah. That's what we do. I am never the I end love point. That. I am the one that is building a bridge for people to go somewhere else. I love that. So wow. And so to me, anytime someone says, I'm listening to this album because I heard them on your podcast. I'm doing this study because I heard them on your podcast. I'm following the chef because I read about them in your book. All that means that we are on purpose, that we are doing what I'm called to do, which is bridge people. I love that. Because for non-believers, it's beautiful because they come to me for 10 other reasons and I can bridge them to Jesus. Yeah. But I'm not the last stop. I'm not the Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. I'm bridging them to y'all where they read about spiritual disciplines they've never read about before. And so it feels like... I know my spot really well, and I love it so much. In a like really specific way, that's also a mission of ours. Like mm. our goal is never women in she reads truth every day. Yeah, it's women yeah, yeah. in the Word of God every yeah. day. And so that like will many of our she's outgrow us and not need us to 
curate their daily scripture reading? No. I hope so. The I answer hope is they are. no. Yeah. <laughs> you said, I just, I no. want to be the bridge to Jesus. I yeah. want to be the bridge to reading the Bible. Yeah. 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 And you do that. But I think the thing, we can't outgrow you because as y'all are growing in your depth as women, Amanda specifically, Amanda and Rachel, you too, we are experiencing that in the studies. I love they that. are getting deeper. Yeah, I mean, that's I think true. That's, that's true. The world we live in requires that we not be surface about our study. Mm-hmm. But yeah. because of what the two of you live through in real life, it shapes the studies we get to do. I love so that. we won't outgrow you. Some of us may need to go back to some old studies and start there. Yeah. But we won't outgrow you. Yeah. I, I oh, need wow, you to yeah. keep leading me. Well, and our team is just evolving and changing and becoming so... I don't say this because our prior team wasn't capable, but I feel like as we grow both in knowledge of scripture, but also just in knowledge of this thing that we're doing. Yes. It still feels like we're learning. Yeah. You know, several well, I mean, years in. The longer in. you know a kid, the better you parent the kid. That's right. Yeah. And I mean, that's, I hope the same, so. <laughs> that's the same thing with your company. Yeah. Yeah. And so it just feels like every day I feel like, man, we're just more capable than ever by the grace of God, obviously, I hope that goes without saying that mm-hmm. to lead the she's well yeah. to scripture. Yeah. And so I hope that it's like life is a giant party and you're the host that's like connecting, <laughs> like introducing yes. everybody. I hope that's true. That's what I feel. love. It. I mean, when my friends become friends with my friends, it's your that's favorite my favorite thing. thing. So I absolutely love, and I love how many people talk to me about doing the same. I mean, what it means is that we're all doing the same study at the same time. Right. So during Advent, we're right. all so reading cool. the same yes. thing. A couple of days, verses jumped out at me, and I would post them. And so many women and men would say in the yeah. comments, I read that today, too. Yes. And it's because of y'all and because There's of the she and the really he studies. There's something really special about that. I love that. that. Yes. I totally love it. Thanks and so I also much. ruin y'all's lives because a lot of people get their books spiral yeah, down because do. of me. I'm no, sorry. I love it so much. I'm Sorry. I love it. Don't ever change. Make them just like this. Yeah. We can spend the extra $5 yeah. if we want them spiral bound. Well, but you also <laughs> see, like, it's a balance because you may shave off the, the binding <laughs> of our advent books. But so you also, sorry. how many cardinals did you cross stitch for advent this year? Oh, I did eight. Eight. I did eight cardinals. Do you even know that? Like, I did eight cardinals for that's all incredible. my cousins and my mom and my uncle because my grandmother taught us all how to cross stitch. Yeah. And she loved red cardinals. So it was like perfect. So I kept sending y'all pictures. I, I, was going, I was like, I four mean, down, four to go. That just makes my heart so, so happy. And it also works nicely because Amanda was the one that advocated for like maybe a smaller pattern this yes, year. Like maybe a yes. few small patterns. And that, so that worked it out It works nicely. out beautiful. Thank you for doing it. And it's really, I mean, looped me into a new hobby of cross-stitching. I did another one as a gift for a friend that is the three women for Hamilton, the three Skylar sisters. And it says work at the top. And it is like (laughs) so cute. But the thing that's come in so handy, the thing I learned from y'all with that Advent study and that bird is that I needed another hobby that wasn't just reading that actually made something, but not food. I love cooking, but I can't eat everything I want to cook. And so I'm getting to make these little things and gift yep. them if I want to gift them. So thank y'all for my new hobby. You know, it makes me think of we were together this summer, you and yeah. I talking with I can't even remember who, which I feel bad about. Um, <laughs> but they were kind of teaching us like, you know, if you work with your mind, Sabbath with your hands. Yeah, Matt Chandler. Vice- okay, it was Matt Chandler. Matt Chandler. Hey, Matt. Sorry about that. Work with your mind, yeah. Sabbath with your hands. If you work with your hands, Sabbath with your mind. And that's why cross stitch is such a good win for you because you yes. can. It's a good rest point, yes. which leads us into our conversation today. Well, yeah. And I think any one of the reasons that you immediately came to mind as we were 
planning guests for this series for Faith and Practice, yeah. a biblical study of spiritual disciplines. We're in week two of that study right now. And you came to mind, not because you've got all these down, right. but the thing nope. that is so special about your um, ministry, I'm going to call it, I don't know if you sure. use that word, but I believe you, that can. you, have, an, yeah. you have a ministry. Thank you. Um, is that you... Every believer has a ministry. That's, that's right. right. Amen. That's I right. mean, everybody's I mean leading somebody. Yeah, it's true. But you practice in public sometimes. Like mm-hmm. you don't hide the fact that, oh, I'm learning to cross stitch or, yes. hey, I'm actually learning to Sabbath. Yes. Or I'm learning a new like discipline of mm-hmm. studying the word. Mm-hmm. So like doing your... um the gospels each month in 2020 and just, and the thing that happens when you do that, you are not the goal, right? Like you're saying like, it's not about me being really good at something. It's about me leaning into something that I think is important. Yeah. Because even the cross stitching is important because it was part of your Sabbath. It was Mm -hmm. part of like Mm -hmm. showing love to your family. Like it was, it was part of remembering your grandmother. So it was all of those things. And what happens is when you, put yourself aside in that like you being awesome is not the point and you dare to do something (laughs) which you do that so well and it's hard I mean I know that sounds funny but like I think we all have a hard time remembering that like oh the point is not for me to look good got it yes (laughs) especially in like our Instagram world it's hard to remember that but what happens is a crowd follows you. So like, even like thinking about the scripture, the reading the gospels every month. I mean, it got to the point where you started making us a list, um, (laughs) like a lock screen and stuff, because how many people followed you and did that? Oh, I can't even know how many. It was so so fun to watch the way that you just invited people. Like it was such, like even it felt like an act of generosity. Mm. Um, To just invite, like here's what you might need. Here's how it goes. Like just come. Well, and here's my practice of practicing in public is I did that for 12 months. I told people in April. Yeah. So January, February, March, I did it. I thought about it. I worked on it. I may have shared it. Let me retract that. I may have shared it in January. I invited people in April. Yeah. Okay. And so to me, that's a lot of what practicing is. Any of these spiritual disciplines, it is not that you have to get a hold of it before you tell other people. It's that you need to have a little bit of a rhythm. That's great. Mm Yeah. You know, I mean, cross stitching is different. I can show people my first cross stitch, but spiritual practices, there needs to be a level of wisdom around. It's first personal. Yes, mm-hmm. it is first personal and then it's inviting. Yes, build. That's you have such to a good build an amusement park before anybody can come play at it. Yeah. So do some building, even if it's one day of reading she by yourself. Yeah. The second day, invite your Facebook followers. Yeah. It doesn't have to be years, but yeah. right. but there is a build it first in you. Yeah. And then invite people into. Yeah. It invite you. your roommate. Invite your. Yeah you know, your family. And so what we're doing in this reading plan is we are just kind of doing, we're casting a really wide net on on spiritual practices and spiritual disciplines. And we're just looking at scripture to say, okay, we want to curate just a collection of when we look at the Bible, what does Jesus model and teach? Mm -hmm. What does scripture model and teach that are ways that we put our faith in God into practice in our everyday life. Mm-hmm. I thought you picked me for this because I want to be anywhere John Mark Comer is. I'm <laughs> well, such a super fan. But you missed also- him by a week. <laughs> you missed him by a week. But listen, he floored us. I know. I mean, I'm I still yeah. he's brilliant. Yeah. So I love all of our guests and all of our conversations. And Rachel and I 
are always just so like wide eyed at the end of every conversation going like, how is it that every single time God teaches us all something Mm -hmm. that we didn't plan to talk about or learn or, you know, you don't really plan to learn. Well, I guess you do. It's amazing. But with John Mark, I think too, it's just, I was ready for that conversation in that I really needed it. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Um, I ran late, which was funny. I hurried to the... It was the irony of like (laughs) sliding Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Not hurrying with him. But I think we need it so desperately. But I went back and like listen again with a notepad this time because everything he was saying, I was just like, I just, and I've read his most recent book, Mm -hmm. but it was so good because it was so important to frame what we're doing right now. Yeah. So if people haven't listened to that one, back up and get that one too to kind of set us up. And to me, I mean, spiritual disciplines, a lot of times that word is misused so hard. Yeah. So spiritual practices is so much better for me. Yeah. And y'all know how I feel about the liturgical calendar, which I got to also tell y'all real quick. We did 12 shows in a row in December. We did quote 12 days of Christmas. Oh, I such a fan. Did you see how I kept getting chirped at because it wasn't the actual 12 days of Christmas. <laughs> I did not And see people that. were like, do you not know the Christian calendar? Oh, and I no. was like, and you're like, you don't anybody, know how yeah. much I love the liturgical calendar. <laughs> we were just trying to do 12 shows in a row. But to me, the oh, that thing we can do. Oh, that's I, hilarious. Yes, it doesn't, it, it doesn't probably bless you. People, but, yeah. <laughs> I laughed it off. I was like, y'all are something else. Yeah. But the thing you're saying, Amanda, that is so good for us to know about spiritual practices and liturgical calendar is there are about a bazillion things in our lives we can't control. Mm -hmm. But the things we practice, we can control. Mm -hmm. And my whole faith is built on cornerstone. Jesus is the cornerstone. But my whole faith is built on cornerstones like the spiritual practices we're going to talk about today where I go, these are tent pegs in my life. These are places I always go back to Mm -hmm. and are so important to my daily faith, which makes weekly faith, which makes yearly faith, because people ask about your lifetime faith. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I looked at a friend a few days ago and I said, like, it's occurring to me, I'm 42 years young, as we start to say when you pass a certain point. So I'm 42. And I looked at my friend the other day and I was like, it occurs to me that my life is actually happening. (laughs) Like, it's so simple. It's like, I'm living my life right now. There's no more like, oh, well, one day I want to do this. And, and I really want my life to look like this. Mm. Like, and there's an Annie Diller quote in this book that that says the same thing, but it says, how we spend our days is, of course, how we spend our lives what we do with this hour and that one is what we are doing. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it was that. Yes. It's like, this is, my That's life is doing. happening. Yes. And so when we looked at John Mark via Zoom <laughs> last week and we said like, okay, so tell us what to do because we're all feeling this. We're all feeling like, yes, we aspire to do better, you know, for lack of a better way to put it. And yep. he was just like, he essentially said, you stop. You Do take things away. Yeah. Yes. You, you yeah. start by taking things away yeah. and mm-hmm. stopping. That was good. Um, it's interesting, Annie, you said, um, I know where you're headed, Amanda, but I want to pause quickly and say, because you were saying, like, I don't love the word disciplines. I like the word practices. Uh-huh. And, and kind of like going back to that, it's the training, right? Yes. Like, you know, like Paul says to Timothy, train yourself in godliness because yep. this produces fruit in the life now and in the life to come. Yep. And so whether it's practices or disciplines, it's that like... 
I actually like the word discipline. Like, I like that. And I think that's maybe a personality. That's thing. your Enneagram 8, yeah. my Enneagram 7. I'm like, let's just be. practice. Yeah. You're like, let's go. Let's discipline. <laughs> Self-discipline. Let's train hard. Uh, yeah. But it's interesting to say that if the goal is not prayer, not a better prayer life, the goal is not to have a good Sabbath yeah. rhythm. The goal is not to um, live a life of service. Like, if those things aren't the goal, if those are the, the means to goal. the end, yes. which is godliness, like live, yeah. like pursuit of the presence of God. Mm-hmm. And so my prayer life gets me closer to godliness, to the mm-hmm. pursuit of like being in the presence of God. Mm-hmm. And the same with service, the same with Sabbath. All of those things are, it's the workouts that produce in us the actual goal, which is That's right. the health. That's right. Right? That's right. Yeah. Well, and even as you're saying that, I think it's, this is a really difficult thing to articulate. It is. And because, I probably failed in some way. Well, no, no, no. No, I think that you're right. And I think that practicing the presence of God, I actually think the presence of God is the goal. I mean, that's where yeah, we're yeah, yeah. headed, right? I mean, Revelation 21 style. Like <gasps> That's what I read this morning. Where, oh. Yes, keep well, going. there you go. Um, one day there will be no more training and discipline because we will be in God's presence, mm-hmm. right? And we know that to be in God's presence, we must be holy. So like this is all things made new, including us, right? Yeah. And then I we're in God's presence. I have never thought about that. Will we not have spiritual disciplines in eternity? Well, I don't know that they will be spiritual disciplines. We will worship, right? Yeah. We will praise. We will, I don't know. But one of the things That's that That's a John, good question. I don't know. I, I don't know. know. <laughs> one of the things that I think John Mark said, right? It was that, but we are practicing now for what life will be like then. Like we, yeah. one of the reasons we worship is because our eternity is going to be spent worshiping. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to get started now. And yeah. Pra- so that was a really interesting concept to me because I had never really considered that, mm. that like practicing for eternity. I'm not sure how all that works. It feels a little bit chicken or the egg. But it's fascinating. Interesting. I wonder right? if we still Sabbath. I'm sure we Sabbath because God God did Sabbath before. Yeah. So so I'm sure we said. Sa- oh, now I'm just I know, gone. Right? Now I'm like, are, do we fast? No, because when you're with the bridegroom, you don't fast. Feet. Right. Oh, we, yeah. We'll read that today. Yeah. 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 Okay. We're huh. all let's just kind keep of, it. Let's yeah. keep a moment, it. Listeners. We'll be back in an hour, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, but listen, this is also the joy of doing faith in community. Yes. And this is what rabbis do is they think about and even argue over scripture in the right. meeting. And what Christians do is cancel each other when we disagree. Yeah. And so we just need a little more permission to do this yeah. around work scripture. It out. To work it out with our work people. You don't have to work out. it out online. We are. But yeah. you just modeled so beautifully what we need to do with our friends around a bonfire. Our whole goal, I guess there are a couple goals of the She Reads Truth podcast. One of them is just, you know, that folks would leave yeah. listening wanting Ready God to more. do that week. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's also just to model conversations yes. with our Bibles on our laps yes. with scripture open. That's it. And so here we are modeling a conversation where we actually don't have all the answers. Yeah, because I'm like, I don't know what I happens. actually wonder about that. Not I sure. Too. I hope yeah. that people here's, are doing that as well. And here's what happens and what we continue to learn, and I'm sure we've said it here before, is that when we find these things, these like curiosities or like, I don't know. Oh, it's my and, favorite. Yeah. And you press in and you lean in, then you, A, you find out scripture holds up. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, right, right. God is who he says he is. Yeah. Yes. And he's the same yesterday, today, forever. Yes. Um, and we sharpen one another. And like, I don't resent Rachel when she shows me something I've never seen before in scripture. I feel a kindredness mm-hmm. well, sure. yeah. you know, yeah. toward her. And I'm like, oh, like it's like a family. Like, you know, David and I and our four kids 
are very imperfect humans uh-huh. and we are always fumbling it through like life and relationship and learning so many things together. Right. Uh-huh. But we don't resent that about one another. Like, yes, it's difficult and sometimes messy, usually messy at our home, but it's part of what glues us together yes. is that we have those experiences. So I don't know why in the world we think as the church that we should just all have some templated belief system where we don't have room for this kind of conversation Mm -hmm. and not just about like, these are like fun, like, Ooh, I wonder, but you know, a flip side of that is like, ouch, like, I don't know. You know, these are hard things to work through, but we have to be able to do that with one another. Yes, we have to. And And now we have to figure out if we're going to have spiritual disciplines in eternity. I don't know. I'm well, gonna, we're going to eat, we right? We need to because phone a friend. Mary, John yeah. Mark, we have a question. Yeah, John Mark, we have, Jesus, we have a question. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, let's get started because okay. I, there's some scripture that I think we need to read through. What are our five disciplines that we're covering this Oh, well? we got six, yo. Oh, yeah, we do. Oh, what's the bonus? Thank you. Uh, bonus week. Listen, Annie F. Downs. Annie. For the, for the I don't six. know what the score is, You're but such a five good out student. of six of these I practice. <laughs> You're a good I'm student. Good um, all right, here's what we've got. Service meditation and memorization, which are two, but we've got them on the same day this week, fasting, Sabbath, and lament. This is a good week. week. I'm really excited. Um, And what we're going to find, and we have found and continue to find, is that mm -hmm. none of these get to exist outside of, they're commingled. Like you wouldn't have, you know, study without prayer or fellowship, like true believers. And you actually are, I actually lament the best on my Sabbaths. Yeah. And so yeah, yeah. They, they tie together really well. But I won't tell me yeah. if y'all go. Okay. Yeah. Great. All right. Service is day eight, which is today. Yeah. I, again, I'm so thankful for our team and the work that they put into these books because it's so helpful to me, these mm-hmm. little definitions yeah. that we have for each day. So this is the definition for service. Um, the practice of humbling yourself to be present with others and responsive to their needs. And I feel like that is something that we could almost like diagram out and <laughs> and do like a word study of because, you know, when you think about service, I mean, we think about individual kind of acts of service, I think, yeah. or we think about like a general attitude mm-hmm. of like, oh, yeah, like I help people yeah. or I want to serve, you know, like my friends, my family members put their needs first. But when you look at scripture, it's actually pretty strong, like the call to service. It's not very like, uh, I mean, well, it's not at all like, well, when it's convenient or like just have a general attitude Mm -hmm. of like, yeah, yeah, I could serve or whatever. Like it's so much deeper than that. And with that key being the practice of humbling ourselves. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. The passage on this day that didn't just get me when I was prepping for this week, yeah. but has continued to get me get my whole you on life. the regular. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, I can flash back to like middle school Rachel studying her Bible and being taught and rebuked oh, and corrected mm-hmm. and trained from this Matthew 25 passage, the sheep and the goats. Oh, the oh, sheep and man. the goats. It's brutal. Oh, it's you know, so brutal. Yes, it's, I know. Um, I mean, it is just like, you know, we talk sometimes on here about how like sometimes scripture is not super clear about stuff and you uh-huh. really, and you have to wonder, like, we don't know what spiritual disciplines in heaven will be like, yeah. right? But scripture is not unclear <laughs> when it comes <laughs> to the concept people. of yeah. service and how we treat other people. Yep. I understand this is a little bit of a longer passage, but I would love 
like, Annie, would you want to read that yeah, for us? Yeah, of course. So Matthew 25, verses 31 through 46. When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, then He will sit on His glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before Him, and He will separate them one from another, just as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on His right and the goats on His left. And then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. And then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or without clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of the brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And then he will also say to those on the left, depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you didn't take me in. I was naked, and you didn't clothe me, sick and in prison, and you didn't take care of me. Then they too will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or without clothes or sick or in prison and not help you? And then he will answer them, truly, I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. And they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Do you believe this is true? I do. I do. (laughs) It is. We really like that first part. We like, like that first part. Uh-huh. Like, oh, and you do this for, yeah. you're doing this for Jesus. But man, when right. he says. When you didn't do it for them, you so didn't do it for me. So then my question is, though, uh-huh. when is enough enough? Uh-huh. How much service is, like, I'm, this is me genuinely asking you all, my I, friends. I, I just think, yeah. so does this mean that if I don't work at a soup kitchen every day, I'm not doing enough? Or right. is it yeah. that I buy lunch for my staff at work once a week? Because I want to feed them. Like, I struggle with I know with how much is enough. And this is where spiritual disciplines cannot exist independently. Uh-huh. I really think you can't just be like, I want to be really good at service. Yeah. Because first of all, we know it is a means, not the end. Yes. So if the goal isn't being good at service, but the goal is the presence of God. Yeah. You know what we also know is... And we also, you're not their savior. <laughs> That's right. That's and right. we know that service doesn't exist outside of prayer and mm-hmm. fellowship. You know, like there's so much freedom in hearing. This is not a box to check, Annie. When you like, when, That's what it feels like. Because though, you want to go to this legalism mindset of yes. like, when is enough enough? Like, do I just, I don't know how to do this. How do I make sure I'm a sheep? But if you're walking, <laughs> I want to be a sheep. <laughs> I want to be a sheep. I like. They look I, the same. They both I, have four legs. Listen. They both have cute tails. They're just, <laughs> I mean, goats are cute for yoga. Yeah. Similar noises. Listen. Similar noises. That's the. That's um, what scares me about that is he didn't say sheep and cows. No. He didn't say sheep and butterflies. It is two animals who look so similar yeah. uh-huh. until you study them. If you see them on the hillside, you don't necessarily know what yes. you're looking at until you get a little closer. Yes. Like, mm. I, yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. 
Yeah. And you've read this passage. It was interesting because you've read it. You've read this 12 times this year, <laughs> last year, right? Yeah, right? I mean, so like when I was like sheep and goats, you were like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Every time I have the same conversation with God of like, those animals look so similar. Yeah. And I don't know how to do more in my day than I'm doing. Yeah. And I am worried I'm not doing enough. Yeah. Because I'm trying to check it off. You've caught me in my problem is I'm yeah. trying to check off a certain <laughs> amount of boxes instead of get into the presence of God by serving others. Oh, buddy. Okay. Listen, <laughs> I, this is, I have something that I think is helpful. Okay, great. Um, that our editorial director actually handed us on a piece of paper being like, when you talk about service, this You're might have be some helpful. Questions. Just as, you know, full disclosure. But Richard Foster's book, Celebration, oh, of, Celebration Discipline, of Discipline. Like, just beautiful book. Highly about, recommend. Highly recommend. Yeah. Yes. And was very influential in the formation of this reading plan. Here are some things that he says about service. And then I want to look at the Jeremiah passage when we're done. So he talks about that you can't divorce service from humility, right? Oh, that sure. it's an intentional seeking of the good of others, which means you're not seeking your own good first, right? You're seeking right. the good of others. But yet it's not just like a a feeling. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's not just a feeling of mm-hmm. certain, like it's actually active, which is yep. part of why we're doing this reading plan, right? We're like, what should our everyday look like? Yep. Um, and our everyday can't, unless we're actually employed by a soup kitchen. Right. We probably are not mm-hmm. feeding the hungry every day. Right. Um, in that Except way. Every, so many people have kids. Does that count? I, Y'all, I mean, for all of 2020, moms made lunches at home Listen, for their children every day. Our kitchen has, has never count. been so used that's as right. it has been in that's 2020. Right. It's not not um, service. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but not, not I'm now going to just start. Uh, I want reading. you to read this quote, Amanda, because it moved me so much. Yeah. Today. And so we'll pause during some of it. But this is Richard Foster um, from Celebration of Discipline. True service ministers simply and faithfully because there is a need. It knows that the feeling to serve, in quotes, can often be a hindrance to true service. Yeah. The service is disciplines the feeling to control the service, Mm. which I think is so interesting. I'm going to keep going. Self-righteous service is temporary. So he's giving these two types of service. I love this. Yeah. And I think we can all think of very well-intentioned efforts that we of the church make or have made that it's not intentionally self-righteous, but so he's going to help us here. So here we go. Self-righteous service is temporary. It functions only while the specific acts of service are being performed. Having served, it can rest easy. Oof. Oof. True service is a lifestyle. It acts from ingrained patterns of living. It spring. This is what gets me. It springs spontaneously to meet human need. Self-righteous service is insensitive. It insists on meeting the need, even when to do so would be destructive. Ooh, talk to those Enneagram twos. Wow. Tell them. Tell them. <laughs> it demands the opportunity to help. Yeah. Ouch. And then Ouch. this is, so this for me And is, that's what I lean toward, actually, as a non-natural server. I lean toward that because I feel like it checks off the box. That's right. And this, I think, is kind of getting down to what you just asked. True service can withhold the service as freely as perform it. Mm. It can listen with tenderness and patience before acting. It can serve by waiting in silence. 
So by not serving, I've been a very good <laughs> server. Let's go. Well, I, that is so isn't good. Isn't that interesting? Yes. Yes. The balance of that, that felt, even as you read it, that last part feels so full of peace. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of just our faith in general. Yeah. That yeah. it's, we know that scripture calls us to have an active faith, right? Faith without deeds is dead. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. But we also know that we are not saved mm-hmm. by yeah. works, but by grace through faith, yes. right? Yes. So it reminds me of that, which is why in this Jeremiah 29 passage where they're addressing the exiles yeah. oh, I love um, in this. Babylon. Yes. So this is Jeremiah 29, 4 through 7. This is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel, says to all the exiles I deported from Jerusalem to Babylon. We'll get into that I later. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. Find wives for yourselves and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters to men in marriage so that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there. Do not decrease. So they're in exile. And this is what the Lord is saying to them. Verse seven. seven. Mm -hmm. Pursue the well-being of the city I have deported you to. Pray to the Lord on its behalf, for when it thrives, you will thrive. Yes. So that pursue the well-being, it's a worldview. It's a frame of mind, but it's like sitting on ready to serve when there's a need. And there's something ongoing about service that even when we're not serving, we're ready to serve. It's like Foster says, it springs spontaneously to meet human need. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It doesn't have to be like, I'm going to plan this big. Yeah. Mm -hmm service project. And I love that. Jeremiah 29, we say verse 11 all the time in verse 13, but remembering that was in exile meant a lot to me in 2020. Game changer. Oh, it says plant gardens here. Yeah, Like expect to live in this thing you feel that feels like exile, expect to live here a while and figure out how to thrive in it. And that was so important to me. And you see that phrase... I deported you to. Yeah. Not you got deported to. Yes, yes. But I deported you yes. to. I've put you When here. I moved to Nashville in 2008, that verse was my sending verse. Really? Of like, pray for this city because yeah. when it thrives, you will thrive. I remember listening Ugh. last year, Annie, to two episodes of your, I mean, many, honestly, probably almost all <laughs> of them, but Natalie Grant, yes. um, which was in December, yeah. and you were telling Natalie that you see revival in your city yeah. by just seeing it grow. Like you yes. celebrate growth in your city because when it thrives, you will thrive. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I see roads being repaved, right. I'm like, that's a look of revival because that means that we got people and they're here. And Listen. if they are here, we can bridge them to, if they are here and we become friends, mm-hmm. we can bridge them to churches that preach the gospel. Yeah, We can bridge them to y'all in person. Yeah. We can bridge them to Jesus. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, come on. And I also here. think yeah. of Fix the episode, 440. I praise I, the Lord for that. 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 No kidding. And I also think of the episode from November with Gabe Lyons. Yeah. And you guys, it was, you were talking about, it was before the election. Yes. And you guys were talking about all of that. And, you know, and it was just a really fascinating episode to me mm-hmm. because one of the things that I took away from that was so much encouragement mm-hmm. um, that one of my great American duties is to vote. Sure. Um, but one of my better duties is to pursue the well-being of the city that I live in. Yes. Like I can care mm. big about the national thing, but I really... I get to care big locally Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, what issues matter to me? How am I putting my hands to them? Yes. And that is service. As I'm listening to you, I'm going like, oh, even my care for how the government runs in my city for my neighbors and for myself, but for my neighbors is a version of service when I get out and have those conversations and go to those board meetings Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. Yeah. 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 It's also tied together. So stewardship is not a 
spiritual discipline that we've listed in this plan. But I think about how those things are tied together, Mm. that like when we steward our resources well, that, you know, we can be enabled to spring to action. And that doesn't mean doesn't have to even be monetary, you know, but just like our time. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I've been so blessed. Um, We've just been a family who in the last several or years has needed help. You know, like we've just needed people. And so when someone springs to action (laughs) with their time, Mm -hmm. it is profoundly meaningful. And so just to kind of like, I love that image of just as the believer, just kind of sitting on ready. Mm -hmm. And I think about our city, I think about the radio station, Lightning 100, Yeah, when they were like, had to raise funds to get so that they could stay on the air and... 2021. And as someone who's lived here for over 20 years now, I think, man, that radio station is part of my story in Nashville. Yeah. Like it's just a part of the Nashville culture. Yes. And, um, you know, people who move away from Nashville still listen to it online, that kind of thing, you know? Mm -hmm. And so when they're like, hey guys, we need help. I was like on that website, like, you know, just like, what can we do? We could buy t-shirts, we can give, we can share and all those things. But just like, just to pursue what strikes me about that verse is that it is intentional and it's ongoing. Mm -hmm. And so it practically, it can't mean doing all the things all the time. Like we know that, but um, it really challenges me to be aware of the needs around me. Not just the needs I want to see, yeah. yeah, but like the needs I actually and the, see. It's such a reminder, particularly that verse in Jeremiah, that section, that her only currency is not money. <laughs> oh, yeah. Amen. Time is a currency. Our people that we share is a currency. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so I have been thinking a lot lately that while we need money to exist, and that's part of how the world was created, mm-hmm. was for us to have an economy, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes money isn't my top currency. Yeah. <laughs> right. Sometimes yeah. the thing that feels most expensive to me is my time. Yeah. Yep. And 100%. I go, well, I could donate, blah, 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 or I could just make dinner and take it. Yeah. That's right. You know, and so it is learning how do you give in multiple currencies that's right. and which one feels the most difficult because that's probably the one you need to think about yeah. most. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of talk in a lot of these scriptures we're reading this week about the father who sees in secret. Yeah. yeah. And so just knowing that like it's not always in our culture, it's like if, you know, if something happens and you don't Instagram it, did it really happen? Uh-huh. And with service, like we just can't think that way. Like yeah. it has to be, what is the actual need? How do I really meet it? And it's not about me or even that we're putting others ahead of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so it is about that person. But even beyond that, yeah. it's about the gospel. Yes. It's about Jesus. I think about your question, Annie. I love that like immediately after like hearing the sheep and the goats and you're just going like, how do I do this well? How do I practice this well? Mm-hmm. And it brings me to that last reading in that day, the first John chapter three. Um, it says, this is how we have come to know love. He laid down his life for us. Um, and then it says, we should also lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has the world's goods and sees a fellow believer in need, but withholds compassion from him, how does God's love reside in him? Little children, let us not love in word or speech, but in action and in truth. Yeah. I think that to me, a couple of things. One, I think the answer that is uncomfortable to say is I think it's a lot more radical than we want to say. Mm-hmm. I, I think that service is more radical than um, we're comfortable acknowledging because service, it is a dying to ourselves. It, mm-hmm. It's going like, I love because he first loved me. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. also, I just love that there are the things of like, what need is right in front of you? 
And so first, like, what's there? Like, it says, if anyone sees someone who is in need, Mm -hmm. then you help. Um, And then also something that I think that we've, like, come to realize because we live in a bubble. Like, we are in Nashville, and we want to pursue the well-being of our city. But also, it's important as believers, I think, to ask, what needs are not in front of me? Mm. Um, That, you know, we partner with a lot of different organizations, IJM, you know, Food for the Hungry, Compassion, these organizations that there are so many people who have so many great needs Mm -hmm. outside of right in front of our faces. But to think about like what needs are not in front of me that I also should like take a minute and think about and pursue the well-being of those folks too. Hey friends, Amanda here. If you've been hanging out with the She Reads Truth community recently, you know that we just launched our 2021 Lenten experience. This is our ninth year of opening our Bibles together during the Lent season to prepare our hearts and our minds for Easter Sunday. And this year, we are reading two books for the season of Lent. We have our Joshua and Mark study books that we are bundling together, and we're offering something that we've never offered before. Now, a lot of you observe Lent without screens or social media, and we love that. So this year, we have printed all of our She Reads Truth Lenten devotionals that would typically be posted on our app or online, and they still will be, but we've also bound them together into a devotional companion book. So you can get our companion devotional for Lent with your Joshua and Mark study books all together in our offline Lent experience bundle or with your She Reads Truth subscription box. So head to shopshereadstruth.com and use code POD15 for 15% off your Lent experience. That's P-O-D-1-5 for 15% off. Hey friends, Rachel here. I want to take a minute to tell you about apartment life. Did you know that 95% of people living in apartments aren't connected to a local church? Apartment Life shows God's love to apartment residents in real, tangible ways, opening the door to connect them to the local church and ultimately to share the gospel with people who might never hear it from someone else. We just aren't meant to stay isolated, and Apartment Life does so much to bring people together. Apartment Life pairs hosts with apartment residents to host events, build community, and care for fellow residents in times of need. Even virtual events can make a huge difference to help people feel connected. Those experiences can open the door to meet people right where they are with the hope of the gospel. Apartment Life has connected more than 65,000 residents with a local church over the last 20 years, and they are making more connections every day. So if you're passionate about loving your neighbors and you love to throw a good virtual party, visit apartmentlife.org slash truth to find out how you can become a host. Okay, let's get back to the show. One of the things that I've enjoyed recently with the She Reads Truth community has been practicing and getting more intentional about memorization. Like, it's been fun to me to exercise this in different ways, even just like using the tools that the internet offers. Like, these those little fill in the the, blanks, the carousels on Instagram, and like going, like, okay, who's got it today? Like, keep sliding it around. That has been so fun for me and an actual, really practical tool. And I love also that now, you know, instead of a different memory verse, for every week, we're kind of going like, no, let's really get this. You yeah, know? yeah. So like even for the spiritual disciplines plan, we have yeah. 
one verse or one passage yeah. from uh, Second Timothy. I love that we're getting to memorize that together. Yes, yes. And I think the thing we do, and y'all are not going to be surprised that this is my lane about this, is we make it all real complicated. Yes. We think we have to memorize the book of James, which Beth Moore did tell us to memorize the book of James yeah. when we do that Beth Moore yeah. study. And that makes sense. But but what if, like for, in my house, I have a chalkboard and I change out the verse to whatever the memory yep. verse is y'all ask me to memorize. So every day when I'm making breakfast, lunch, or dinner, whenever I'm home, it is right in front of me. Man, I love yeah. that. And then every morning when I'm making tea, I say the Apostles' Creed. Yeah. Yep. And every day when I was growing up, there was a, do y'all remember these old CDs or tapes called GT and the Halo Express? Yes. And they were weird because it was these angels who came into a kid's bedroom. A but, little weird. Oh, movie. But cool. it's yeah. songs that are set, scripture yeah. that are set to songs. Yes, yeah, like Slugs and Bugs. Yeah. Yes, so it's like Slugs, Slugs and, and Bugs. Bugs. It's like Ellie. So yes. there are all these resources we have yeah. where people can sing scripture. Yep. Write scripture. Don't hang scripture in your house because you care what your neighbors think. Hang scripture in your house because you have to see it to remember it. The reason I do the Apostles' Creed when I'm making my tea is we are in a time on earth when truth is being questioned. And every day I need to say, I believe yes. in God the Father Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, and yep. in Jesus Christ, his only son. I mean, I need to say that every yep. day because the world is trying to tell me that absolute truth doesn't exist, and it does. And yep. it does. Yep. And so yeah. that is why meditation and scripture memorization, though, the Apostles' Creed is not scripture, but it is our creed. Yeah. I mean, it is the Apostles' Creed. Yeah. yeah. And so I think all that is so, but it also does not have to be hard. Do one verse. Yes. Yes. Do this one passage for this whole series. So you're doing the thing right now that I love and I depend on. Like I need pep talks yeah. <laughs> yes. about scripture memorization so much because I just, it doesn't come naturally to me. It doesn't, I find myself recalling scripture and I mean, that's one of the benefits of like reading Being scripture the word every day. daily yep. is that you start, it starts to be hidden in your heart and your mind, like it or not, you know, right. like, right. and we like it, but it just sort of happens as a byproduct. But to sit down and say like, okay, I want to do this passage. Another person who's the best cheerleader on this is Christy. Yeah. Anya Buile. Do you know mm-hmm. Christy? She is a delightful human. Uh-huh. And she talks about scripture memorization. She actually wrote the devotional that will go live on this reading day, which will be tomorrow on Tuesday. Um, but she talks about when her church called them to memorize a book of the Bible. And she was yeah. like, I, that is, I cannot do that. Yeah. So she tried it and she did it. And she like took like a little bit at a time. Uh-huh. Um, and so they memorized First Timothy. And I think that kind of, I don't know if which came first, but like she now is, um, I mean, we kind of look to her as like, you're sort of the expert on this, but there are a couple of things that she said in this devotional that's going to go live tomorrow that I just want to... Spoiler alert, everybody. Spoiler alert. She's scooping a little bit. She was talking about how like, how she practiced it, like how you were saying, like, I just look at the chalkboard. It's there all the time. And so, but she said, I filled my downtime with the word of God. Um, so like when she's like brushing her teeth, taking a shower, waiting in line, like whatever. And and we hear that a lot with the app, with the Sheer Truth app, that mm-hmm. people in their downtime when they're waiting yeah. somewhere, they'll, line, they'll open it. Yeah. Line. Yep. And so she said, I filled my downtime with the word of God. Eventually it became a sweet habit. And I found myself rehearsing God's word throughout the day. And that phrase, rehearsing God's word, I love that because it reminds me of the Deuteronomy 6 passage that we're going to read for this day. I love Annie's pep talk, and I want to double down on the pep talk because I think that 
Well, here's the thing. As adults, it's really hard to memorize scripture. It is not as easy as when we were kids. Like our brains just don't do it as it's well. It's hard. So That's right. I, well, it's because we're doing a lot of other things. I think our brains things. are still very capable. You do? We just That's encouraging. We didn't have to pay a mortgage as a seven-year-old yeah, yeah, yeah. and worry Hopefully about not. retirement. Yes. You know, there just bills. was different. Yeah. yeah, it was different. I, our brains can still do it. I want to say yes and amen to your um, pep talk. And I want to also say anyone who's listening who's a parent uh-huh. or who loves kids, mm-hmm. um, please, please, please don't miss that window for them. Yes. Um, yeah. As a parent... Well, as a kid, I grew up in a Christian school, so I had this benefit of like I was required to memorize about a chapter a month. Like mm-hmm. I just have a lot of scripture memorized because it was just part of getting mm-hmm. good, getting good grades. Yeah, um, honestly, and I'm so thankful that it yeah. was. And so I want to encourage you guys: kids are so good at memorizing, mm-hmm. and so make that a part of how you disciple your kids, how you raise them. Don't go away to memorize something. Yeah, Memorize with them. And that's why Mm -hmm. all those songs exist. Like, yes, for the adults, but like they're actually made for the kids. We know. Yes, Um, We've been using this even like our oldest is 14 and we've been using this as a tool now for him as we're really making that full on transition from training his actions to training his heart. You know, we Mm -hmm. had issues with, you know, how he was using his mouth. And we were like, hey, here's James 3, you know, let's go 4 through 12. And, you know, the sooner that you can memorize that, the sooner you don't have to go to bed at 6 o'clock every night. Oh, wow. (laughs) Um, And the next day he came down and he gave us a TED Talk style recitation of of James 3, 4 through 12. And it was beautiful because he's so fast at memorizing. And really a lot, not every kid is, but Mm -hmm. a lot of kids are. And you know what? On the way home from school yesterday, I picked him up and I was like, hey, do you still remember what you memorized last week? And he was like, I don't know. And I was like, let's listen to it. Yeah. Let's check it. Let's make sure it's still there. And I think that there are just like ways that you just incorporate that into your life. Yes. That's not hard, um, but it does take intention. So that's my pep talk for that. Like there's no shame there. It's just like, hey, Take the time that it takes to do this for your kids. It is one of the most generous gifts you can give a child mm-hmm. because when they grow up, it does not depart from them. That's right. That's right. That's. I mean, those are my GT and the Halo Express songs. Yeah. I can I still sing it. every scripture. So I ended up having a ton of scripture memorized because I can sing the songs of the tapes I listen to. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So listen to this. I'm going to read this passage from Deuteronomy 6, um, just 4 through 9, but when you said earlier, Annie, like that we just make things, like we overcomplicate things. Yes. And I think we do that with Bible study. I think we do that with memorization. I do that with memorization specifically, that I think it like needs to look like almost like sitting at a school desk memorizing. But listen to this. This is not how it's described. Listen, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These words that I'm giving you today are to be in your heart. Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Bind them as a sign on your hand and let them be a symbol on your forehead. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your city gates. It just is surround yourself with this and take every opportunity 
to revisit it. Like it's mm-hmm. just, it's, there's a rhythm language to that, you mm-hmm. know, of like, mm-hmm. it's here and it's there and it's where you go here and it's when you go back home. And like, we take mm-hmm. it seriously. I mean, we yeah. just released the first installment of a series that we're starting for Kids Read Truth called the Repeat Them to Your Children series. Yes, and it's just beautiful. straight scripture, yes. but illustrated. Yes. Um, and it's just like, read scripture to your kids. It doesn't have to be stories about scripture. Mm-hmm. Read scripture to mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one other thing that Chris he said that I'm going to spoil for us. Scoop. <laughs> a scoop. There it is. We're not going to spoil it. We're going to scoop it. About meditation. And I think sometimes in the Christian church, we can be like, oh, meditation's a little woo-woo. Like we don't, no, no, no. Yeah. Like meditation is simply just like pondering and sitting with and simmering on like the truth that we yeah. read, right? Yeah. And so she phrases it like this. Meditation is an ongoing conversation between the Holy Spirit and yourself about what you're learning in God's word. In this way, you learn to hide his word in your heart. Um, but an ongoing conversation between you and the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Like that. It, and about. About God's word. Yeah. What you're learning yeah. in I God's word. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's like allowing ourselves to be taught. And I think probably our friends listening do that more accidentally than they realize. Yeah, I agree. Because they read something with us in the morning. And then when they're picking up the groceries, they're like, so what was that about? That sheep and goats. That's right. They do look so similar. I wonder what, that is meditating on the word of God. Absolutely. You do not have to sit quietly with your eyes closed and think. You can be on a walk. It's one of the reasons I love going on walks. Yes. And you Absolutely. listen. I listen to a sermon or a podcast about faith, and then I switch to music and I think about what I just heard. That's yeah. right. And so meditation is literally just thinking about what you have just heard about yes. God. And it's that. so linked to prayer. Like these yep. are yes. all so interconnected. Quit being so hard on yourself. You're probably doing it. Just call it that and check it off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and you're probably doing and it. And the other benefit of calling it that is that we then can acknowledge it and learn about it. Yes, and like look. For for it in yes. scripture. Like yes. when you look, it's like thinking about um, solitude. When you start looking in scripture, mm-hmm. you find Jesus practicing this all over the oh, place. Right. And it's so, so good to have that lens. I like hearing Annie's. I know, I know, I know. Term. Sorry, I'm Get it, finding, Annie. I'm trying to find this. Yes, here it is. This is in Luke 2 when Mary, after Jesus is born, the shepherds and the angels come. This is Luke 2, 19. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Yeah. I mean, literally, Mary models for us a version of meditation where she everything she heard about Jesus, she treasured up in her heart and she thought about them. That is what meditation is. That is what we get to do is everything we've heard about Jesus— treasure them and yeah. think about them. I appreciate that we have meditation and memorization on the same day. Yeah, it's the only too. day um, of the plan where it, like, it shares, but it makes Not sense accident, because sure. like, goodness sakes, if you have memorized scripture, then you yeah. can meditate on it. Yes. Anytime, anywhere, wherever mm-hmm. you are. And I love that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we have, you know, approximately zero minutes left, but I we're going to keep going. But to cover fasting, Sabbath, Sabbath and, and lament. lament. Yeah. <laughs> just, just some light topics. Yeah. Just go to John Mark Comer. We'll oh, see you guys later. <laughs> my goodness. No, well, Thank so you for listening to this We don't episode. have to talk about all of those and we don't have to talk about them in order. Annie, what is something that when, because you know, we're just barely into the new year. Yeah. And we're looking at our list of things we'd like to, practices we'd like to incorporate yeah. into our everyday. And we made it very clear, I hope, in the study book um, that 
we're not asking you to add all these things in right, right. And, right. and in one giant heap into your life. We're asking you to just read scripture and be aware of them as opportunities to mm-hmm. practice God's presence and mm-hmm. grow your relationship with the Lord. Um, and we're simply saying this is what scripture that's right. Teaches. This is what yes. scripture teaches. Yes. And we are encouraging, like, hey, take maybe one a week and just see what it's like to kind of work that in. Yes. Yeah. So when it comes to Sabbath specifically. Yeah. I always appreciate and am encouraged by the way that you have practiced Sabbath mm-hmm. and you are continuing to like get better at it. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a like practice, yeah. Yeah. And um but if you're talking to she's that you know are struggling with just starting. It's yeah. so hard to just, it's hard for someone who doesn't practice Sabbath to imagine an entire day. Right. Yes. And like where you, like you do things on Wednesday that prep for Saturday or yeah, whatever right. it looks like for you. Give us another little pep talk about that. Like what has yeah. your experience been? So I think one of the interesting things that I would say to y'all is fasting, Sabbath and tithing are three practices that have been pretty consistent in my life. Yeah, And so I, give some of the money that is the Lord's already. And I give a day of the week that is the Lord's already. Mm. And you can actually look at my company and see how that plays out. Wow. <laughs> you can actually look at my career and mm. see how that plays out. Mm-hmm. I do not work seven days a week. Yeah. And everyone can see what my job looks like. Now that's not because of me. It's because of God. But do you see what I'm saying? Like the practices yeah. have resting makes me capable to do more. Pastor Kevin at Crosspoint always says, God can do in six days far more than I can do in seven. And so <laughs> to give one day where we don't do yeah. chores, where we don't do work, where yeah. we get off of internet. Yeah. Uh, so for me, I would say, Amanda, if someone is starting Sabbath practice, the first thing you want to do is just try half a day. Mm-hmm. Try Saturday from when you wake up till after lunch. Whether you're married or single, all it means, first, but there's a lot of ways. All you're doing is rest and worship. Mm-hmm. What is right. rest and worship? And don't work, mm-hmm. you yeah. know? So for in my life, what that looks like is I don't do chores. Mm-hmm. I don't do laundry. I don't do dishes. Now, I'm not married yet. I don't have kids yet. But I have a lot of friends who are parents that practice yeah. Sabbath yeah. with their families, with little kids, with teenagers. I mean, they have figured it out yeah. for their family. Yeah. So for me, it looks like I wake up late. I don't use any technology really except listening to music. I don't watch TV. I don't watch movies. That is not resting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't get on social media. If I do get on social media on a Saturday, I get chirped at so hard because my followers <laughs> know that I shouldn't be. Right, right. And then I have to go, hey, sorry, you guys, I'm traveling this weekend. Yeah. Wednesday was my Sabbath. Yeah, yeah, or Wednesday yeah. Right. Um, and so I'd say that's what a half day can look like. You can play with your friends. Yeah. Yeah. You can get coffee with somebody. You can go out. So you should go outside. I don't like yeah. shit people, but mm-hmm. go outside, do something fun outside, yeah. read scripture, read books, read magazines, cross-stitch cardinals, cross-stitch. I mean, a lot of my Sabbath over November was cross-stitching cardinals while I was listening to an N.T. Wright book, Broken Signpost. So I was listening to his book while I cross-stitched Cardinals. That is a very Sabbath thing. Sometimes I cook a meal. A lot of like traditional Jewish family, y'all know y'all have done Israel Mm -hmm. for a Sabbath. I have to don't cook. But I I like the the motions rhythm. of it. It's restful. Yeah. It's yeah, restful, it's restful and, and it meets me. with the senses in a way. Yeah, and it's that not like I'm not otherwise. making a sandwich. I'm making right. a stew that right. takes all day. You know. Yeah. Now something that we didn't put in the book, 
um, is church attendance as a spiritual discipline. Yeah, a lot of people do that on their Sabbath. But we've included what we believe, you know, the spiritual discipline of Sabbath and of fellowship. Yeah. And that fellowship is not just hanging out with your friends, but it's gathering with believers to exercise spiritual discipline. Yes, yes. Um, if anyone, you know, if you know us for any amount of time, you know that Amanda and I and She Reads Truth, we are just the biggest proponents, biggest fans, biggest supporters of the local church. Me and too. that and, and Annie is too. Yes. And attending local church. And yes. if you can attend <laughs> if you can attend dinner out on Saturday night, then you can attend church on Sunday. Yeah, um, you better say that. Uh, and so I can foresee our friends listening going like I noticed you didn't put church attendance in here. And like we talked about that, but that's not what this is. Yes. Sabbath is that rest, even that John Mark Comer talked about last mm-hmm, week where he mm-hmm. was saying like you know, my best prescription for anyone listening is to just stop doing some stuff yes. and actually rest. And, you know, he kind of described what rest for him yes. looks like and then going and then start from that place. Yes. Start from the place of rest. Yes. Begin from there and not work to earn it. And his resources are great. He's taught some of his Sabbath and fasting sermons have shaped my life. So yeah. you can just yeah. go back to Bridgetown's podcast and yeah. find those. And his first book, that I read, Garden City, yeah. really dives into work and rest, as well as yeah. ruthless elimination of yeah. hurry. But yeah, so I'll say again, because like for the people in the back, the church, attending church, and not just attending and yes. leaving, but being a part of that. The people in your church are indispensable, yes. is what Scripture tells us. That's right. Um, and so being a part of the local church and truly being a part of it, not just attending, mm-hmm. those are very, very important things that Scripture teaches us. And that's actually us. part of your Sabbath and if, you're, yeah, yeah. Not, if you don't work at church. If yeah. you don't work, work at, church, at church, then you're going to need a you different type of Sabbath. You better find a different day. That's also. right. You better not. I have people reach out to me all the time and say, my husband is a two-job pastor. So he pastors and he works Monday through oh, Friday. And I'm bless. like, I am sorry. Also, that's yeah. a hard life. Also, you've got to find rest. You'll burn out. You will burn out, you guys. If you are working seven days a week, you were not built for that. I could preach this from the rooftops. I feel yeah. so strong about it. Yeah. Well, let's do preach it from the rooftops in the okay. form of, um, I want to read just a little bit from this day, Mark 2, because the Sabbath is a gift. Right. That we often choose not to receive, right? Yes, it's a gift. Um, That's right. But this passage, um, Annie, would you read it? Yeah. I just... Mark 2, Mark 23. 2, 23 through 28. Yes, I love this one. This has it's a good, good, one. good questions around it. On the Sabbath, he, meaning Jesus, was going through the grain fields, and his disciples began to make their way, picking some heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And he said to them, have you never read what David and those who were with him did when he was in need and hungry? How he entered the house of God in the time of Abathar, the high priest, and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for anyone to eat except the priest, and also gave some to his companions. And then he told them the Sabbath was made for man and not Mm. man for the Sabbath. So then the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath." Yes. It was made for man. It is a gift to us. Yeah. And it is not, the phrase good Christian is a phrase that has haunted me for most of my life. I really, really, really dislike it. Yes. I have many problems with it, but one of them is, is this, when we talk about these practices, it is so tempting to make them qualifications for our salvation, yes. to make them qualifications for God's love for us. And, and so when Jesus just like looks us straight in the eye and says, listen, yeah. <laughs> yeah. this is all about me. 
Like the Sabbath is not an end in itself. The Sabbath is for the Lord. It is made for us. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it is made for us to rest and worship in Him. Yes. And it is made for, it's like if date nights are important to a marriage, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, like is Sabbathing and resting and not just saying we trust the Lord. I'm preaching to myself right now. Not just saying we trust the Lord, but actually stopping our doing. Yes. And saying that there is something that is more important here and acknowledging God is ultimate provider. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God is the one who cares for us. And you want to get to where it's a day. That is the, I know our goal is Jesus, but in the practice of Sabbath, mm-hmm. the practice is get to where That's it good. is sundown Friday yeah. to sundown yeah. Saturday or sundown that night to sundown that yeah. night. But if you're a college student yeah. and you can always set aside Wednesday dinner, yeah. do those two hours. Yeah. If your family, you know, as you're growing in this practice, grow in length. That's how we work out too is right. weights. Yes. You have to, you learn to lift heavier yes. weights. Mm-hmm. Give yourself permission that y'all can have a Sabbath meal in your family where there are no phones, where mm-hmm. there's no TV for the rest of the night where Mm -hmm. everybody reads and hangs out nobody works and then as your family grows progress to a day because going to church is not the same as sabbath yeah like you go to church on sunday and then do a whole lot of other stuff that's right we had i mean i'll go back to what we were talking about with memorization again for those of you that have kids this is something that we model now for our kids who are watching if they don't see their parents sabbathing yes it's not a value that they will learn like we sat down again with our 14 year old this weekend and we said like hey we noticed that you've started putting off your homework until Sunday night. Yeah. And it's the end of the semester. We're going towards next semester. And we want you to know that that's just something that we're not going to do. We're not doing, we don't do our work on Sundays. We don't want you to do your work on Sundays. And here's why. Yes. Not because we're training your behavior, but because we're training your heart. That's right. And so, you know, that was a tough conversation because he was like, I don't. I don't want to do it on Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, But it's that I want to encourage those listening that like we do this and we hand this down. And when we talk about unity with the next generation, this is something that we get to hand yes, down to them is yes. modeling any of these spiritual disciplines. Yep. And I'm not a parent yet, but I lead a lot of people. You do, and so, yeah. And so there is nothing wrong as a parent or as a leader going, hey, I'm new to this too. Let's, yeah. yes. We're learning. Yeah. So here's how it's going to start. Like There is no shame in your family never having practiced Sabbath or That's fasting right. That's or right. service before. Yes, ma'am. But you start yeah. now and yeah. you say to your kids, we're going to practice this. Hey, let's try this. Yes. You're saved by grace And here's faith. why. And so. Right. Yeah. And here's why. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, gonna, even just to like open up, you know, the day 11 scriptures and uh-huh. read them with your kids and go, so this is what scripture teaches us about Sabbath, let's try to exercise this as a family. It's not going to come naturally. I mean, none of these No, they don't come come naturally. naturally. They are Um, practices. Sports don't come natural. Cooking doesn't come natural. We've got to release the pressure that to be a good Christian, quote, quote, we have to be good at all these. No, be brand new at them. Be brand new at them. Be bad at them, but just do. And and simply, if you desire the presence of God... We're just simply going, yes, this is how you can... Jeff Bethke that y'all know and love as well, yeah. he always says, if a Christmas day goes bad, we don't stop celebrating Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> You Praise do the it Lord. again the next year, you just make the changes. Yeah. That is the same for all these practices. Yeah. If this Sabbath goes bad, try again next week. Yeah, yeah, that's um, good. There's a Walter Brueggemann quote. Um, oh, I love him. That... Sabbath is an act of resistance. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I think that is true on so many levels. And I think it's related to, you know, we're going to read about fasting this week. Mm -hmm. The definition of fasting that we have in the book is the practice of voluntarily laying down an appetite in order to reorient 
your focus on God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I was reading the scriptures for that day, I know we don't have time to read them. I encourage you to go read them. Um, there is this mic drop moment where Jesus says in John 4, uh, where they keep urging him. The disciples kept saying, Rabbi, get something to eat. And Jesus said to them, I have food to eat that you don't even know about. That's right, that you don't even know about. I mean, just mic drop that. Yes. Jesus. But these are opportunities. That's what keeps striking me as I'm reading these scriptures yeah. is fasting it's an opportunity yes. to meet with God, to rely on God. I want to just say while well, I have your ears that that fasting, especially because it involves our bodies, it involves nourishment, nutrition, and and we all have different bodies, right? That you need to be wise. We're never to toss away our wisdom and common sense when uh I don't, do I want to say that? Yes. How do I want to say? Yes, because here's when I do any version of an extended fast, let me tell you who knows. My doctor, my counselor, yes. my pastor. Yes. All three of them know when I am doing any fast that's longer than like one or two days. Yeah. Doctor, because it's my body. Counselor, because it's my soul, my spirit, my mental right. health. Right. And my pastor, because it's a spiritual discipline. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you don't go into a fast of any kind without getting other people involved. It's why we need community. It is an yeah. intentional practice. But your community and is not telling the whole internet that you're fasting. That's right. <laughs> and it's important to do this with prayer, with yes. discernment. Yes. Prayer and discernment and community yes. are necessary. Out of love um, for God, out of love for your body. That's right. The two things you need to take into fasting. Um, But when practiced appropriately, and we look to scripture and we look to those um, who speak into our lives and our church family, it is an opportunity to meet with the Lord. And again, and a power punch. Yes, it is. It is. Um, Richard Foster coming at us again with this quote More than any other single discipline, fasting reveals the things that control us. Yes. <laughs> that just makes me want to take a nap. I know. Ugh. And I know. then our last, our final discipline of the week is lament. And I, mm. I know that we won't get to that today in this conversation, but I encourage you. Patty Sauls wrote a oh, really yes. beautiful you, devotional for Friday for our community. Um, we just love her. And our quote for this topic for lament, I just think is just so beautiful. And this is from Anne Voskamp. Yeah. She says that lament is a cry of belief in a good God. Oh, wow. Which is quite, which is that? a lot to say and then not unpack, but I really do. So listeners, you know, when we record a podcast episode, we're just teeing you up yeah, and cheering right. you on right. into your week to mm-hmm. open your Bible, be mm-hmm. a woman in the Word of God every day. Let's go into this week ready to be taught by Scripture and shaped yes. by it and encouraged by it. Yeah. So as you go into these disciplines, even things that we didn't even come close to covering in this conversation, I want to encourage you to open the Word this mm-hmm. week. Yes, and I think that you, even though we helped put this reading plan together, I still found myself surprised yeah, by yeah. it. Um, and with Lament specifically, that we read just a snapshot of Jesus on the cross yeah, yeah. saying to God the Father, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Yeah. And it's the first time it has occurred to me that Jesus was lamenting from yeah. the cross. Yeah. 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 And it just, there's so much to lament. Guys, we're going to be unpacking 2020 for quite a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but 
lament is not a lack of belief. Lament is belief in yeah. practice and faith in practice. And like I said, that happens to me a lot on Sabbath. When I yes. am, when I stop scrolling Instagram, right. I feel the sadness of things That's that are right. going on. Yep. And so you need space for lament. Lament yes. just can't happen in a fast yeah. car ride from here to there or yeah. while you're making your coffee in the morning. Lament needs yes. some space. And so you're gifting yourself Sabbath and gifting yourself lament and Sabbath. It just all works together. And what this is as our buddy, we're now going to call him our buddy, John Mark would say, we are learning to apprentice with Jesus. Like we are, we are learning to actually walk as Jesus walked. And Mm -hmm. that is, um, that takes a lifetime. And we're all amateurs. That's right. (laughs) When it comes to being like Jesus. That's right. The other thing I'll say as we wrap up this topic of lament is that there is a She Reads Truth study called Morning and Dancing, where we actually Mm, examine biblical laments and practice them. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. It's it's an oldie, but one of my favorites as well. And our very first couple of podcast episodes, like episodes maybe one and two or two and three, are about morning and dancing. So listeners, if this is a topic that you want to dig deeper into, you can uh, dig into that study or those podcast episodes That's as well. Great, yeah. Annie, I'm so glad that you joined oh, us. Thanks for letting me. First of many. We I could hope. have done this for another Listen, solid hour. Easy. I love talking about fasting. I love talking about this. We just I'm, didn't even get to. We like, just didn't even get I to. Mean, and I feel better about service. Thank you very much. Well, <laughs> Listen, well, I and the truth is, is it's like a we, gift too. Yeah, yeah. you teach us often. Yeah, um, and so I'm so happy to give this bridge to yes. our listeners to say. If you want to get to know a gal who is practicing her faith Mm -hmm. imperfectly and with conviction. Yeah, Yeah, imperfectly and with conviction. You know what I mean? Like you're it is. And especially um, those two things that we didn't actually get to talk much about. Um, (laughs) I think that we see that in your life when you give us those sweet windows. We appreciate that. So next week we will talk about the topics of celebration as a spiritual discipline, um, worship, confession, um, submission, and giving. Um, So we're excited to talk about those um, next week. But Annie, until next week, what do we tell our friends? Keep opening your Bibles. Keep opening your Bibles.